1: Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat for the week of May 22nd, 2014. I am your host, Jose Otero, and this is IGN's Nintendo Podcast, where we're here to remember the Nintendo Wi-Fi connection for all of its good and bad qualities. Uh-oh. Joining me this week <laughs> to remember the service, Per Schneider. Ein schönen guten Tag. What does that mean? Uh, a beautiful day. Oh, okay. There you go. There I'm you go. actually being nice today. All right, yeah. That's what, good. That's, that is really Welcome. good. Welcome... <laughs> Brian Altado. <laughs>
2: That's, that's like a, that's a cartoon gunshot noise from a New York rap song. Is that what it was? I've and also that for years. Yeah, and also have a beautiful day.
1: Oh, yeah. And very 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 special guest Todd Northcutt. Hello. So tell the people what do you do here, at Todd? Now, and then we'll so, say what you used to do. All right, before. That sounds great. So right.
3: now I'm the head of product for IGN. So okay. Product managers, designers. You know, we're the guys who actually. Uh, you know, put together what the site's going to look like and feel like, and then the editorial team fills it with all the good content.
4: So if something's broken on the site, people should just tweet at you. Absolutely! Okay, wow, if that's. You, if yeah. you
3: tweet at Pair, then he's going <laughs> to add me onto the <laughs> exchange Android, it All so the, the time. Either way.
1: Okay, cool. So what did you used to do for IGN slash an IGN affiliate?
3: Yeah, so before, um, you know, a couple of years ago, I was the general manager for GameSpy Technology. So we were the guys that provided the back-end infrastructure for lots and lots of multiplayer functionality in games, uh, including providing the back-end for Nintendo and their uh, Wi-Fi Connect for the DS and Wii.
2: So you invented Nintendo Online.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't go so far as to say invented, but yeah. So we, um, you know, we started uh, in, I started at GameSpy in '99. Uh, and I was actually working on all the planets and, st- and vault no, not vault sites, but planet sites. So if you remember Planet Quake and Planet Half-Life, yeah, and all yeah, those yeah. things from way back when. So my first job at GameSpy was actually as the hosting manager. So I went out and found people who are doing fan sites about their favorite game and then convinced them to come and start a new planet site for IGN.
4: So it gets kind of confused with with GameSpy.com, the website, which, yeah. which morphed in a, into a completely different piece. And it's actually still part, it's an archive, it's still part of the IGN network, but GameSpy Tech was always a very separate company. Yeah, we were right? a yeah.
3: completely separate company. So, um, you know, I moved from the editorial side to the product side. I worked on GameSpy 3D. So that was the very first... Thing that I was a product manager for. Also worked on Roger Wilco and Gamespy Arcade. If there was the chat service. Things, yeah. So voice chat service. Voice chat, huh? In, yeah, in online chat. games, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Who, wow. That yeah. would be Jeez.
1: So, uh, so, just give folks some context as to. So recently, Nintendo Wi-Fi service was shut down. What what really happened here with you know Gamespy Technologies? We're going to go back in time to the beginning and sort of when Nintendo showed up, if we can, and get some stories out of you. But uh, what led to sort of what happened to this decision to cut the wi-fi service
3: glue mobile right or glue technologies yeah so GameSpy technology was sold to uh glue mobile in 2011 okay so we divested that at ign and, and moved that over to to glue uh and they for a short time continued to license technology to publishers and developers but made the decision i think to you know focus on using that technology internally and so supporting third parties was not really something that they were terribly interested in, in hmm. continuing forward with.
4: And, and in some cases, uh, it seems like from the stuff I heard, they wanted to su- keep on supporting some of the third parties if the third parties were continuing to pro- like pay for the service. Yeah. And, but that kind of all fell apart over time. Right? Yeah, like and if,
3: I think you know, there were always uh, certain clients that didn't want to pay bills. Um, so sometimes games would get turned off because publishers didn't want to pay bills. Um, Or, you know, it came to a point where the cost to continue keeping a game running was no longer really worth it for them. Uh, Mm -hmm. So they decided to to stop service. So uh, oftentimes what would happen is publishers would say, we want to turn this off. Please don't support online anymore. We would turn it off. Uh, the community would find their way to us and, you know, yell and scream and shake their fists at us. And so we would quietly turn everything back on um, so that people could continue to play. play. Right. So they
4: uh, w- there were probably a lot of games still running, even under glue, that were not being paid for. Oh, and absolutely. Just like, and there's, yeah. there
3: still are. Um, I don't remember the exact date that everything's shutting down, but the end will come for every game. Mm -hmm. Um, soon that use GameSpy for a back-end infrastructure. Unless they get transferred to other services. Yeah, unless some publishers are actually doing the hard work to go back and patch games. Uh, And, you know, think about a game that's over 10 years old now. Somebody has to go and find source code for it. Uh, somebody hopefully can understand what's going on. Yeah. Wow! Uh, there are some the other thing. services out there that are, you know, raising their hands and saying we can provide similar functionality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's really to a point where nobody who worked on the game works there. Some places don't have source code anymore, so mm-hmm. there's just nothing that can be done once that game, you know, once that service from GameSpy gets turned off.
1: Yeah, and just to paint the picture for folks at home, I mean, this is bigger than just Nintendo, right? I mean, Red Dead right. Redemption. There were a lot of other games from multi-platform. Uh, publishers who are just like, yep, you know, this the time has come to just shut this door because of, you know, either glue not being interested or just not wanting to pay for it. All right, Todd, so take us back in time. Back to when you were at GameSpy Technologies, you guys are, you know, have a solid third party service, mm-hmm. you know, that basically helps with their online game. And then you hear Nintendo wants to come talk to you guys.
3: Yeah, it was, it was interesting. So it was the end of 2004, very beginning of 2005. Uh, and one of our sales guys um, said, hey, I got a cold call from somebody at Nintendo asking if they could talk to us about, you know, online and infrastructure and could we help. Uh, and it was just a really simple, short email communication. Not at all how you might think something like this would start. Um, that sales guy left mid-deal, so um, or even before the deal got going. So it was uh, a little bit of a juggle. But uh, it ended up, a few months later, we had a dozen people from, t- uh, from Kyoto come uh, and sit in the office down in Costa Mesa with us as we walked through meticulously for an entire week. You know, here's how this service works, and here's what the back end looks like, and here's how we can scale this, and here are the features and functionality we can provide. It was far more in-depth and detailed than we would ever do with any other any other potential did they customer. Did
2: they bring translators and everything?
3: Yes. And? Yeah, thankfully. Uh, most of the younger engineers, of course, also spoke English. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, That was the first time I had really done anything with an Asian customer. Uh, our client, so it was a totally different way of doing things than when we would go to uh, Europe and deal with somebody. So there was a lot of learning in those you know first few days and weeks as we tried to figure out okay how do we. Talk to this, and who in the room do we address?
4: Um, it, it, was, it was pretty much day zero for them, right? They didn't. They had experimented with some online infrastructure, like with RandNet on the N64 and the 64DD, yeah. but some of that was outsourced. They did Satellaview, but it was very yeah. different from kind of modern online gaming. Yeah,
3: it was. They didn't really never dipped their toes into it the the way that other people had. So we went, you know, really kind of to to the first first level and talked about, okay, how do you bring a game online? What are all the things that you need to think about? Uh, You know, nobody actually has an IP address. They're behind routers and firewalls at home, so you have to figure out how to negotiate and were, all that so were it was any, really you know, first principles for, for online so mm-hmm.
1: n- would you say then most of the folks weren't very network savvy then or understanding they, how uh, some of that
3: was? most worked. of the team that came over that first time they had a handful of guys who had some real network experience okay. and it was serious low level network experience but not very many many people had game Experience and I think nobody, you know, think about it, it was 2004 and 2005, so <laughs> even Xbox Live was a relatively new thing. Right. And right. especially
4: in Japan, there was yeah, very little, right? Yeah. PC gaming online existed obviously in the, in the West and was yeah. popular with, you know, your Quakes and StarCrafts and everything, but not yeah, in but Japan. But those games
3: were not big in Japan yeah. at all. And I think, you know, that, that kind of culture informed a lot of the decisions they made about how the Wi Fi Connect service looked as a whole. So, you know, friend codes and Things like that came directly from, you know, just cultural differences in Japan versus here in, in the West.
1: Okay. Got it, got it.
3: Yeah.
4: And so then you guys did the whole pitch and you walked them through it and they were interested and immediately pursued it? Or did like time yeah, lapse no, afterwards? It, uh,
3: it came together really quickly after that. You know, the the, the funniest part of, um, of that, that pitch was, you know, most of the the young engineers and product managers were sitting around the table and really actively involved in the conversation. And there was one older guy sitting in the corner, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of nodding off and dozing off as we talked about things. But of course he was the guy who actually made all the huh. decisions and called all the shots. So you had to pay attention to, to, to him as well. But it, it happened really quickly after that. And there was a lot of time spent back and forth uh, between our team and In California, the team at NOA, and then, you know, the guys in Kyoto as well. So we had um, several engineers from Kyoto stick around for another week after that to really get down and dirty with uh, the source code and work directly with our engineers. Uh, And then there was, like I said, a bunch of travel back and forth to Seattle. And, you know, ultimately, we ended up going to Kyoto twice a year for the next five years. Um, as we, you know, deepened the, the partnership and tried to do more and push and, and solve some of their evolving needs.
1: Yeah, and with, with 2004, I mean, the time frame, that's right pre-DS, like just shortly before
4: yeah. DS. Reggie, yeah, Reggie announced the deal, right? It was yeah, Reggie we, who announced uh, it. Yeah,
3: yeah, I think we had a logo on stage at E3. Yeah, mm-hmm. I sat uh, right one row behind Miyamoto. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> as, the that, that no, was as close as <laughs> you're yeah, going to get. That was as close <laughs> as I got. Uh, so I met okay. Iwata once, but okay. no Miyamoto
1: right so uh take us through uh, then some of the games maybe on ds that you worked on like yeah, can the, you remember any um, fun stories honestly
3: the the first few games really stand out you know uh tony hawk uh, was actually the first game that we worked on i think it was american Skateland. land uh-huh. um, we spent more time on that than we did on mario kart which was another launch title uh, so those two games came out first uh and then immediately after that was animal crossing uh, and i think Between those three games, you know, those really are kind of seared in my memory because a lot of it was working up to the, you know, moment when they sent things off to actually, you know, manufacture carts. Uh, There was no patching functionality at all. So anything that was wrong with the game, we had to fix on the back end, uh, which later down the line with, you know, Smash Brothers on the Wii or with Monster Hunters, um, those things it would come back to, you know, kind of bite us. <laughs>
1: sure. Yeah, sure.
3: No. Pa- the lack of patching for
4: online games yeah. is, is a big issue, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of games are patched the moment they come out and yeah. they adjust everything, and Nintendo also didn't have a beta period for yep. these games, right? Yeah, I
3: mean, just think about how spoiled we are now. Every single game has a day one patch. You know, things like last week with um, you know, Borderlands on the Vita. Yeah. People mm-hmm. who had the bundle got it early and yeah. the patch wasn't av- available
2: yet. Huge patch on the first patch, day. Yeah, yeah, we've we've like totally become accustomed to that. Even to the point where people are it's full circle where people are complaining about it now. They're like, oh I gotta download a patch with this. Yeah. Like, no, well that's be. way better than it used to be, where oh, I, yeah. I would get Mario Kart for the DS and that was just it forever Well, know? yeah and then so, you had a
1: problem like sneaking where yeah. no one could really fix that right exactly. like, what was your reaction yep, when you heard about this do. thing
3: well, I got pretty good at it
4: so <laughs> it's Dude. a feature yeah exactly so, so like a game like Mario Kart though you, you guys were really experienced experience with big you know PC online games right mm-hmm. uh, I forget what some of the big ones were that you guys uh, supported. I mean we
3: talked about uh, probably the biggest one was actually the first game I ever went and worked on as, uh, as a part of games by technology was the Battlefield series yeah you know, so I spent a week in either Gothenburg or Stockholm with the uh, Dice guys you know kind of scoping out what multiplayer functionality was going to look like and how could we persistently track stats across Mm -hmm. people's sessions? Like, those things didn't exist in Mm. first-person games when we started those. That's interesting.
4: Yeah, and then Rockstar Social Club, obviously the kind of the next level for stats tracking. But how did they compare? Like, when a game like Mario Kart went online, was it a much smaller community playing? Like, how did it stack up?
3: No, actually, I think, you know, if you just look at the number I mean obviously it's been what almost three years since I was involved with this but you know even three years ago um, not so much Mario Kart in the DS but Mario Kart on the Wii Smash Brothers, Monster Hunter, those games or toe to toe with some of the biggest franchises like Battlefield that we supported in terms yeah. of concurrent players in the evening.
4: Which is, did you figure Nintendo would make a bigger deal out of that, or or just push online more? It felt like it was they, they were kind of dragged into online gaming and didn't really own it, right? Yeah,
3: and I you know I think their vision was very different than what the community actually wanted in the end. You know, there um, I remember a talk at GDC one year when they were trying to explain their whole Wi-Fi connect uh, vision to people and they kept saying it's like a house party you know you want to invite some of your buddies over to come and you know have a beer and eat some snacks and talk about stuff it's di- a house party the difference is when Brian knocks on my door I don't say what's your phone number yep
2: and well, so you right password. Password. you wouldn't even That's, open your door if I is
1: knocked right
3: that
2: was the alarm would for, be uh, on <laughs> there'd be five dogs biting at my ass five children yeah <fair> <self>.
3: <laughs>
2: there's a crazy man in the front steps Schnauzers. get him
3: out of here
4: yeah sorry we interrupted you I, uh, uh, I don't even know what I'm yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh the, ha- the house party oh so, yeah. so that was their their whole notion was you know you wouldn't invite just any stranger to come to your house and to a party so you're gonna want to know the people
2: well some parties <laughs>
4: well that's why you play online exactly you don't let the strangers in yeah Yeah. so yeah. that
3: was their vision and so the the friend codes were you know when people asked about why these weird random numbers it was like well you just Give it to your friend when you're there on the subway. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really easy to flip open your DS and say, Here's my friend code. Never mind. So, so was that, of us
2: was that new in. for you guys or difficult for you guys to deal with a company that was so uh, socially guarded? Protective of of younger players, too, right? That plays into it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, we had had some encounters like that before with people. You know, Disney was a great one. Um, You know, one of the features we added was, uh, you know, random name generation Mm -hmm. because, you know, we would let anybody choose their own name. And so uh, I forget what the Disney game was we were working on. Uh, at the time but you know some QA tester went and created a profile and of course it was Cocaine Nazi was his nickname (laughs) and immediately Disney was like nope that's not gonna happen so had to hack together a feature that randomly you Uh. know shows names for you based on safe words but even uh,
2: that was a a uh, lost Toy Story character <laughs> <laughs>
3: cocaine, yeah he was <laughs> that would have been cool
2: yeah, he's, he was abandoned he like, had a little yeah. string you could pull he, he and say he stuff, was an and he was like person. snorting and yeah. yeah. racism yeah it was a bad character uh, that so, was NC-17 <laughs> so I mean I guess
1: I can understand friend codes as a thing because your DS was a device you'd carry on, you, on with you at, at most places right I mean you kept it in your backpack or whatever your female your purse but a Wii front code is the thing that I'm just wondering, how did you guys yeah. respond to that? Because this is the next device and yep. the next collaboration. Well, the,
3: you know, the big uh, the big innovation there was now your Wii had one code instead of every single game having its own code. So that was their kind of half oh, step towards uh, towards solving it.
2: Right, and that's that's always been the story, right? Like, it's, it's, it's this kind of, like, baby step towards... Uh, a new future, and it's always like, well, don't. this is not as bad as it used to be, so don't worry. But it's like, well, it's not as great as it should be, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, it's always that, that sort of middle road and, and up until where they are now, which is still not the best, but a little better than it used to be. The concept so. is just so strange, right? Like,
4: what's different between a bunch of numbers and Brian Altano, right? Like, yeah. well, Why I, I still have to know your Brian Altano to send you the, fr- the friend request. Like, yeah. I wonder why...
3: They were so attached to that string of numbers, you know. Yeah, I, you know, I, and I don't think it was universal within the company. Yeah. Um, you know, we, I remember a meeting in maybe 2008, 2007. Uh, we went to visit with them, and, you know, there was a group that was responsible for the Wi-Fi Connect program, and then there were all the different game teams. And so this meeting we had was kind of us in the middle. So it was the Wi-Fi Connect team. We were in a U-shaped room. The Wi-Fi Connect team was on one side. We were the the bridge between the two sides. And then several different game teams were were over on the other side of the room. Uh, And it was really intended to be, like, those guys were going to talk about the features they wanted, and we would listen, and the Wi-Fi Connect team would listen, and then we were going to go back and figure out how or could we resolve this. And one of the very first things, you know, from somebody that was on the design team on Mario Kart, was like, I want to have one code between all, all my games. Uh, you know, and I want to be able to see what the other person's playing, yep. you know, and I want to be able to send them an invite and say, Hey, come play my game. And I awkwardly sat there and I was like, well, we, we support all of those things. <laughs> right, <really."> right? Right? Right?" <laughs> and there are hundreds of other games that do this on a daily basis. Uh, and there was just kind of awkward silence for a minute. Uh, and then the two sides of the room yelled at each other in Japanese, mm-hmm. uh, for about 10 minutes. And we were just sitting there just the whole time. Just sitting like... <laughs> yep, exactly. Staring at each other, Drinking not really knowing tea. what to do. Yep. And then after that, the translator says, okay, yes, they understand. Thank you. <laughs> this is like uh, something out of Lost in Translation. Yeah, I think, I swear. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah it was bizarre. Um, okay. But, you know, I mean, they're a big company, and mm-hmm. everybody has their own agenda. And, yeah. You know, they may have gotten their marching orders from
2: somewhere. Yeah, I, I've often heard about that, about uh, these, these sort of like software and hardware giants, especially in Japan, where they were... So set in certain ways that even getting a new idea rolling some, in that direction would sometimes take months or years, um, and that sort of rings true with like a, a lot of uh, Nintendo's ideologies. You know, for better or for worse, I feel like creatively they progress in a in, in a certain direction that is unmatched and unparalleled, and then sort of technically on the other side, they're very grounded in mm-hmm. these ways. Uh, and I remember, I do remember when these systems started communicating even wirelessly. There was all this fear about. You know, people are going to go, uh, you're going to bring your DS to the mall and you're going to be picto-chatting and someone's going to find you and they're going to snatch you up and steal yep. you away. And yep. it's like, mm. you know, it, it. in retrospect, a lot of those, uh, it, it seems like very unfounded paranoia. Obviously, there's case examples where bad things happen everywhere. But I feel like that sort of ide- ideology set the uh, the benchmark for the way they've gone with online for years now, which is just sheer terror of the off notion that something horrible might happen yeah. to one yeah. person. Yeah,
4: what's after, weird, oh, what's no. weird with Japan, though, is that Japan was got to this point where suddenly mobile phones just took over, yeah. right? Mobile phones as accessories and as communication devices. They, mm-hmm. they were way ahead of us when it came to just kind of you know, furiously typing to each other and texting in public and, you know, that was was a craze in Japan. Yeah. So I was actually surprised that Nintendo didn't embrace that part more. And PictoChat may be born out of that, right? But then it's so
1: restrictive. Yeah, but yeah. they probably saw cases of minors and adults and crazy stuff and going, well, you know, of the three platform makers, they yeah. are the one that is most accessible to kids, right? Or yeah. At least the one that most people introduce to their kids. I mean, I don't want to defend them for that because it does suck that, like, something as simple as voice chat is something that has to be an argument. Or one front code. Sorry, yeah. it has to be an argument between two parties. Yeah. But at the same time, you can you can almost relate to their position just because of of course, yeah, that, yeah, of that course. simple fact. Of course, yeah. do, you, do you think that that's still
4: the case today? I mean, Mario Kart is coming out in like a week and a half or something, mm-hmm. right? Sorry, yeah. And it's uh, it's got a pretty full fledged uh, online setup, but. Friend chat, or well, chat is only for friends and only in the lobby. Is that to avoid um, latency issues in the races, like the because yeah, there's that, so many players? Yeah, that could be. I
3: or... mean, it is. It's more difficult than people believe or understand to actually communicate with quality voice in real time. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if some of it's a technical limitation. But I, I would, I would guess a lot of it just boils down to, you know, being safe yeah. for for kids and families in particular. You know, even um, You know, everybody gets heated when they're uh, racing, especially when you're in last place. And Mm -hmm. uh, all of a sudden you get bullet bill, right? And you're knocking everybody out of the way. I'm sure yeah, there's going to be some uh, expletives. In some I
4: didn't cases. think about that—that that they might have just said, "Oh no, people need to cool down before we let them talk again." <laughs> yeah, 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 no, it's sure. Possible that that uh. came up, but it's—it's like when you play this game online, it's uncompromising in like how smooth it is, right? Like they may have just said, "No, you know, chat is going to get in the way of just the game being yeah, accurate exactly. and lag-free." Yeah. And yeah. It,
2: it is, yeah. We we did see. Uh, the the two major complaints that came out of that whole era, and, and they still ring true today, there were the people that complained that you know uh, Nintendo was set in the Stone Age when it came through online, and like Jose said, they were predominantly trying to protect children. And then there's the other side of the people who are people like me that hate playing games online because it's all about children cursing at me. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So we do
3: need to find yeah. we need
2: to find like a middle ground. We're still Thank we're still searching
3: for no it. There's voice chat here.
1: Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah, I still remember uh, the early days of like, for example, in 2004 playing like Halo Two and the minute pre-match lobby was ah, F-U-F-This Oh that, yeah, I mean I played I played and Titanfall control.
2: I played Titanfall in the, the weekend, uh, t- it was like two weeks before it came out, where only developers and p- producers and publishers and stuff had access to the game and journalists, and some little kids just started calling me the F-word like over and <laughs> over
0: Howie, where do you work? <laughs> <laughs> are you reviewing this game for
1: like ToysRUs.com? Take the mic off! But eventually someone from Nintendo I guess did eventually come to you guys and say hey Animal Crossing is coming out and we want people to talk to each other. So
3: they actually rolled that all on their own.
1: Really? Yeah for sure
3: Um, We had uh, a couple of conversations that terrified us um, around voice chat and they talked about um, just making your DS into a phone you know, why don't we just have voice always on? And when you're connected to Wi-Fi, connect. You can just talk to your friends at any time. Walkie-talkie. Uh, and we immediately were terrified. Yeah. Like, how many people are going to be online concurrently, just trying to chat with each other?
1: Uh uh-huh. um, What know, terrified you about that? Just
3: having just the servers scale, and whatnot.
4: Yeah. yeah. Scale. Yeah. And okay. You guys had to. You know, when when one of the games went live, didn't you? Servers didn't the oh, servers yeah. crash? So, and, uh, like uh,
3: yeah. Monster Hunter was the absolute worst, <laughs> and Smash Brothers uh, on the Wii was not much better. You know, we literally had as many matchmaking servers for Monster Hunter as for every other game combined. <laughs> so we, yeah. wow. It was Wow. But, but
1: that was for
3: the Japanese and American no, versions? No, that was just Japanese. Wow. So, wow. And that was a case where, you know, later in the partnership, um, you know, we worked less closely on an individual game basis. And that was, unless it was something really big and special. Um, so in the case of, of Monster Hunter, we had no direct interaction with Capcom at all. Uh, and then all of a sudden the game came out and things started melting down and you know, we were borrowing servers from anybody who could get them to us while, um, you know, while we waited on others to be built. Uh, and, you know, we had no copy of the game, so we had to import a copy of the game. Nobody in the office spoke Japanese. We fixed that immediately after and hired a Japanese support engineer. <laughs> um, we had no idea what was going on, what the menu items said, and we were just trying to flub our way through the game. That's really hard to do. As uh, someone who's done yeah, it, that's really hard to do. <laughs> uh, understand how the game worked and how it was abusing the system so badly. And then once we figured it out, we were able to hack <laughs> you know, hack the back end to, to fix it.
4: I remember once again, you guys were in a different office for, you know, Part of the history of GameSpy Tech, and I remember getting emails going like, "Hey, is this the correct spelling of my name in Japanese?" Like, I kept <laughs> on getting like, "Is this business card okay, or does it say something funny about me?" <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and wow. it's painful to be the only Japanese speaker in a company.
4: Yeah, huh? yeah. That, But but then you guys you guys fixed that, and so you were ready for the next ba- game. Yeah, but Smash Brothers we was right. still too big, or uh,
3: it wasn't uh, so much too big. Is improperly done Mm. and you know again you can't patch games so you have to fix that on the the back end Um, you know and and things come out too not not that uh, it wasn't necessarily thought out well just things happen organically people do things differently in real life than you expect them to when you design Uh, or things don't show up until you have thousands of players instead of tens or hundreds of players so things always come up you know, yeah. In the case of PC or console games, it's easy enough to patch those things in after the fact. But with you know again the Wii and the DS, it was uh, well actually the you know the Wii had patching right with uh, Wi-Fi Connect 24. Kind of you had to patch mm-hmm. the mm-hmm.
4: entire mm-hmm. Connect Twenty Four. Dash right? You had to you couldn't patch the game.
1: You had yeah. to patch the actual. <laughs> yeah. But even, uh, even firmware. Yeah, but even that didn't feel fully realized, right? Like We Connect twenty four was pitched to us as this thing where like, oh you'll wake up in the morning and you'll get something cool that you didn't expect. Yeah. Like a, a oh, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like
2: like a a, like, a message in your spam folder.
1: Yeah. How long <laughs> yeah. did you play this game? You should feel terrible
3: about
2: yeah. yourself. Oh man. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I
3: mean uh, that that was maybe the um that feature was used. One of my absolute favorite things we did was the the histograms on Mario Kart on the Wii. So, you know, the leaderboard at the end. That was, you know, one of the things that I think Nintendo does still better than almost anybody else is, you know, just the notion of a leaderboard. You know, I would always, everybody would feel really bad because you're never in the, the top position. And so their solution was let's create a histogram mm-hmm. that shows everybody's score and it's going to show you better than average. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know that makes everybody feel really good. Yeah, yeah, they're still doing of making it Random Pikmin names, that, yeah. it's oh. me's. You know, so I thought that was really cool. We worked with that team on a an algorithm that would take every you know all the leaderboards and crunch them down into a histogram and choose different people. Yeah. But they use the you know We Connect Twenty Four thing to actually send the celebrity ghosts. I don't know if you ever used that or not. They would send uh, celebrity me and celebrity ghost down to it so you could play against some celebrity you know some designer at Nintendo they would have yeah. a little star next to their game and you could race against their ghost yeah. they used that yeah. service to push them. yeah because there was there was also uh, the channels they launched right which were like the
1: the everybody votes The mm-hmm. you guys oh, did that yeah. right the, uh, we the weather, weather service rules. the yeah.
4: weather yeah. channel that
2: was so strange the the channel. Channel. I forgot I forgot nobody voted
4: <laughs> it was cool I, l- I love the concept I like the idea game. it just it, doesn't last very long well long.
2: it would be like it, the first few I remember the first few weeks were pretty thought out they had like really cool questions. And yeah. I, I would check in like now instead of once a day, once a week, and then once a month. And I went in one day and it was just like, Oh, do you like, Umbrellas or staying home. I'm like, all right, you're out of questions. Like, <laughs> you ran out.
1: That's. That was... I, I, I do like that they would show though how your opinion lined up with the rest of the world. Right? Oh yeah. Like, you were yeah. Like, like out in left field, like in the boonies, because you were totally off base with what you thought. Versus like if you were right in the center of popular opinion. It, it
2: was like finishing a chapter in uh, Telltale's The Walking Dead, where it's like, oh, everybody oh, killed, yeah. everybody killed Frank, but you. And you're more like, horrible oh, man. than
4: everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> I love. I mean, it's a cool idea of kind of gamifying data, right? Yeah. Like if you imagine that that would be the backdrop to your dashboard then you didn't have that step to i have to check this app and participate yeah. right? like if they could build that functionality into your
2: machine it could be really interesting yeah. you know yeah. i love yeah. i love what they were trying to do it just the like, the, uh, yeah. the news channel was interesting too how yeah. was there i believe there was like a there was like a globe you could spin and read different news stories based newspaper on paper stacks on yeah, the cities yeah. yeah and you know I, I remember reading one about how the i think it was like the it was some NPD story about how like a Sony system was outselling a Nintendo system and I was reading on the Wii and I'm like, this is unfortunate. Someone yeah. should have caught this. <laughs> they, I mean, they, they're very clever when it comes to taking
4: something that is either established or just not very exciting and turning it into a uh, cool application. Yeah, right? they totally. They always do that. Um, Hopefully they do that some more.
2: I did like when I I think they like they would beam you me's randomly too, mm-hmm. right? Every mm-hmm. now well, and that was now. a celebrity, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, some
1: celebrity would show up. Yeah, yeah. and they're doing yeah. that now with Spot Pass and and me still on 3ds, yeah. right? Because yeah, totally. Reggie, D- Reggie Fieza Mech showed up and was like, "Hey, our presentation's happening on E3, <laughs> <Yeah>. June 10th. <laughs> click this link. Oh, man, it's not clickable." So cool. yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: So um, I guess I mean, did they after we Like, did those conversations continue or, like, was already GameSpot? Was your transition already started? Like, did you guys even talk about 3DS at any point?
3: We started talking about the 3DS. Uh, They were still very secretive about everything, even though we worked really closely with them. They would give us kind of hints and clues, but never really explicitly say much of anything until Mm -hmm. they had announced it really broadly. Um, And I remember the day they called to say, hello, it's the end. Um, and I thought it was going to be a different call. Uh, <laughs> I was expecting it to be like, all right, let's go. Uh, we got this many months left to yeah. get this thing going. Uh, and instead it was like, oh, we have some very unfortunate news for you. And like, okay, we can be done with this call now. And instead it dragged on for 15 minutes as translators went back and forth. Uh, of course, of course. Yeah, we knew exactly what, where it was headed.
1: So being so secretive, like – and I mean, I'm thinking about this just from the device angle from the Wii. Like, did you even know what the controller looked like? Did you know, like, what you would be working with, that it was point-and-click or anything like that?
3: We, How do you to design a different interface? We though, got I mean. our, so, I mean, in our case, we didn't have to use much. Uh, you know, we got the same. You've seen dev kits, right? Just big, yeah, nasty yeah, boxes, was, yeah. right? Yeah. So the the DS, um, we had some very early Nitro. ones in. And um, mm-hmm. the Wii, I don't think. I think everything we had was tethered. Okay. And it was just the D-pad and buttons. You know, there was no motion controller. Oh, So it wasn't like a pointer system but or anything yeah, like that? I, yeah, I'm trying to remember now. But so how did I mean, they... We didn't really need to do anything as yeah. far as our software was concerned. Oh, really? Though.
2: Even even sort of like interfacing with the no, fact that it was... No, a lot so of you... times
3: uh, everything was done just uh, remotely. So you would, on your laptop or desktop, you would actually be remote, you know, remoted in and just so working in a did show. you
2: guys think the interface would be mostly just buttons? No idea. Really?
3: No idea. Wow. I think, it, you know, I was just as surprised Yeah, 3 mm-hmm. as everybody else. Yeah, yeah totally. that
1: controller was an announcement of its own. Yeah, It yeah, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, coming exactly. out of the
3: liquid ooze. Yeah. Like, it was just, here it is. This is so cool. <laughs> and then they said, we. Is right? It was the revolution up until then. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Revolution sounded cool. It did? Yeah. <laughs>
3: All right. I don't think we sounded very cool
4: no <laughs> no it worked for them
3: but we came to love it yeah I, I we think did once <laughs> for them for sure
4: <laughs>
1: oh yeah no definitely worked out for them
4: and so then uh, then the whole the, the party was over. Um, did you um, did you play a lot of the, the Wi-Fi connection games at home yourself? Did you oh, yeah.
3: play yeah, like, for fun? I, um, yeah, for sure. Uh, we did. I think Mario Kart uh, or Animal Crossing were the more, most hours uh, of any of those games. And I played them a lot with the kids. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we went through six DSs uh, at one point. The hinge broken? Always, yes, hinge yes. broken mm-hmm. for everyone. Um, except for my red one my red Mario Kart edition I still have stacked away so my kids can't destroy it Animal Crossing
2: was interesting especially because I remember I was big on a lot of the uh, collection aspects of it of course and the um the only way to really do that was to go on message boards mm-hmm. and exchange your friend codes mm-hmm. with completely random people, Absolutely. and the go exact to their of what in, they yeah totally, and go to their crazy <laughs> bizarre towns and walk around like I don't know whose whose town this is. I don't know who this guy is. I met him on a message board. We exchanged numbers, and now I'm gonna take his axe and some of his fruits, and
3: I'm gonna get back on the train and, go. <laughs> and <laughs> not destroy his whole yeah, and hopefully yeah. not
2: ruin anything because you could totally do that. Absolutely. Um, and if you unplugged it, you might lose stuff. Like it was a it was. So Wild West back then, yeah. or Wild World, yeah. as they would say. And then
4: but, and still, <laughs> Ooh, and then still I mean, the, the thing that was always missing from those games were, like, online coming into its own as something that you you just sit and you're like, I'm going to go visit some random people's villages, right? It was yeah. not like that. It wasn't like you could signal to everybody, come in any time and just keep on playing single-player-like, right? It's yeah. like you have to make this effort to open your town. And yeah. Then, like, that that's the unfortunate part because Animal Crossing could be one of those games
2: that is that could be just so fluid. Like you Totally. Know? It's 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 built for that. But yeah. still you're right. Like every time you you know it's not it's not like having it's not like throwing a party where the front door is open yeah. and people keep showing up, and you're like, "Oh, hey, we're in the back. Like, come, you know, grab a beer yeah. from the fridge or something like that." It's the doorbell rings every time you yeah. have to go answer it. It's you a have big to thing watch about the train. You have right. to watch them come in, and yeah. it's a whole big thing. So yeah, I, I mean, I would love that the version you've just described which is sort yeah. of just like hey you're there hanging out I'm chopping down some trees over here and selling fruit and you can just come over fish in my river and get the hell out yeah it would just be you know it would add surprises even
3: have you ever said that before fish in my river then get
2: <laughs> it's summer here it's always summer in my river come get my trout no, I have never said that. That's beautiful. Never will yeah. again. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> that's <was>
1: true. <laughs> All right. Well, this is this has been very insightful. And I'm really glad you came on the show. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit about news, and then uh, maybe end the show with a, uh, something from the question block. Uh, Jose Otero here with Brian Altano, <laughs> Per Schneider, I hate you right now, and special guest, Todd Dorkcutt. Right yeah, just right now. Maybe forever. Uh-huh. Uh, so you, can, got- you can come fish in this river. Yeah, no, you fish. can come <laughs> fish in Brian's river. I don't watch anywhere near my town. Plenty uh, of fish in my uh, river. But what I do want to tell you about is some news. Let me talk about a little bit of news. So, This morning, a really interesting one happened. Basically, (laughs) someone uh, representing Nintendo France, uh, the general director of Nintendo France, a gentleman by the name of Stéphane Boyle, told French website Le Figaro that uh, NFC, near-field communication, will be used in the Wii U version of Super Smash Bros.,
4: Yeah, it was right there in the article. And then you said, hey, what does this mean? And then I refreshed, and then it was gone again. (laughs) I wonder what happened there. And then we refreshed again
1: like half an hour later, and it was back again. Yeah, that last line where he says that (laughs) is the end of uh, him addressing a question where it's like, well, what else do you guys have going on this year? And he just kind of tacked that on there. With no, it seems like he just spontaneously did it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, all of a sudden it was gone, and then it was back. But
2: either way, it's happening, guys. I kind of, I, I kind of love this about video games because this happens all the time. Oh, yeah. Where there's just like, oh, the uh, Swedish producer of the community <laughs> team just announced that there's three new Zelda games in the work, and it's like, whoa, what? Because
4: <laughs> it's and sometimes, to be fair, it turns out to be complete bull. Yeah, right? mostly. Like, we've it's seen mostly like Nintendo Germany statements like, yeah, there's the Car Fox, there's <laughs> the Metroid. Metroid <laughs> nine like yeah somebody yeah. Who, who's yeah. like I, I don't know if it's wishful thinking or they work in the mail room will do all these announcements but, Car but once in a while Fox, but, but once in a while you get this guy you know who's in a marketing position who's not 100% sure now what
1: got announced yeah. and what is public and what isn't and that's <laughs> yeah. what happened here right well sometimes he's been
4: looking at the figurines like these are really cool yeah well sometimes <laughs> mm-hmm. you get
1: Wada who did it with Tomodachi Life earlier this year to the Wall Street Journal in January yeah. he said yeah this game's coming out in the West and it had not been announced anywhere and he's the president of Nintendo. He can say what he wants. Yeah. You know? So, and I mean... it's it's. I
4: mean, it's very common in the movie movie business, right? Like, a director will announce a movie before the studio wants it to be known, or or, or an actress says, oh, yeah, I totally uh, just auditioned for Batman, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's way more controlled in the gaming industry. So when it happens, because there are no stars who are kind of on their own, you know, or directors who
2: work for multiple companies, it's always an event. So, yeah, we yeah. do actually, we get it a lot obviously never with Nintendo but with voice actors this happens in the video game industry Mm -hmm. all the time where someone's like yeah I think I'm working on this like uh, you know this new yeah this new thing where there's uh, I gotta go save this girl from zombies like oh wait there's a Resident Evil game coming he's like I didn't say anything (laughs) Right?
4: yeah gonna be the Joker (laughs) in the
1: new Batman exactly Exactly. yeah Yeah. Yeah. Kiefer Sullivan did it in an interview talking about uh, his role as playing Snake for Konami he was like yeah it was a lot more involved in Mortal Kombat and we're like wait Mortal Kombat (laughs) what are you talking about
2: (laughs) and David Hader's like wait a minute I'm not I'm not I'm not and Metal Gear, what the hell's going on? Yeah. You. All right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so more to the point. Um, well, you and Todd are parents, so this We're NFP. also neighbors.
4: Did you know that? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. But you g- I, oh, okay. His kids ring my kid's doorbell. You probably answered the door for them. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not me. <laughs> then
2: I, in the I get that All right, <laughs> 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 hey,
1: well, so NFP is n- Nintendo's sort of figurine platform. It's basically a Skylanders, but it'll, um, in oh, a lot wow. of ways, interact with oh, different, wow. different games. What do you guys think about this? I mean, Smash Bros. is the biggest property they have, and they're going to have this... You know, I mean, cost involved. aside,
4: I think it's great. I, I, lo- I love toys like that. And uh, I, we talked about this a little bit last year, last week when you were out. But, last year. like, I love the concept of making something <laughs> M- that is, that could be really boring and digital into something that's physical, right? Like, can I buy a new character in Smash Brothers in the store? It, it, it makes it special, I think, because you yeah. feel like you're getting a value. <laughs> now we'll see how much that costs and whether that's actually <laughs> what it is. It could just be that you're storing your data on a figurine that you love yeah. rather than that unlocking something specific but we'll
3: yeah. see. Uh, I mean my kids spend more time playing with the, the action figures than they actually do playing the game. Okay. So yeah. I think Interesting. It's really smart from Nintendo's point of view. I mean they like they spend more time playing with Pokemon cards than they do actually playing
2: Pokemon yeah. in the game. Mm. Okay. So
3: I think it's super smart to to move to the physical in, in addition I, to your,
2: your kids sound wonderful, by the way, because I, uh, I was uh, talking uh, about this last week, where I was like, you two know, two of
1: them are wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> out of out
2: of three, out of how
1: many? Yeah, out of three. <laughs> <laughs> um, how
2: many kids we talking here, Todd? I, <laughs> I was talking about this last week about how when I when I was a kid, I just had action figures and yeah. like a backyard and an imagination, and it was and work. lighter and lighter fluid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, and uh, and, and uh, Mario
1: and, uh, paint and a restraining <laughs> order. A toy, a toy Story, too.
2: <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. You are just. So wonderful to it. <laughs> yeah. well, um, we love you on this podcast. No, it's it, like I, I appreciate that there's still uh, imagination in the world is what I'm saying. Like I, I think that it's one thing to just play video games and put toys in video games and play them there. But like, yeah, when we were kids, like our backyards were, you know, pirate ships. And yep. It very touching. And, oh, yeah. I, think, I mean, oh, it's, very, it's
4: very sweet. But, you know, yeah. being the mean parents that we are, we make up um, horrible rules like no video games before 5 o'clock. Wow. You know, and then they're forced to go and play outside, and they probably light things on fire and yeah. mm-hmm. rob the mall and stuff yeah. like
3: that. Uh, I skipped mm. Disney Infinity completely. Yeah, oh, you too. got out of that okay? Because of the, I didn't buy any of it okay. because of cost. Okay, I really? Didn't want to spend that much money, even sure. though I think those are way cooler. Oh, they are yeah. way cooler. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what comes out of sure. Smash Bros. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Sure. Okay. I think it's cool because I was, you know, I was telling Jose before, like I, I, I'm not against DLC, but I think that there is that sort of like when you buy a character for seven, eight bucks, you're kind of like, oh, all right, got it. It, there's a little bit of buyer's remorse, really? so I think now a
1: little bit depends yes. on how many you bought. There could be a lot of it. Depends, like if you, yeah, <laughs> if, you're,
2: if you if it's like a Capcom game and you bought like uh, the you know Guile with red hair for nine dollars like you, you know you're not you're not probably not happy about that that would be Surely cool it's if, not gonna work what, like that what yeah. if it's a blind buy like with the pokemon figure no. yeah, so that's no. a problem that's no, a problem no. for that would me. be evil but i do i do like the sort of physical manifestation of your mm-hmm. purchases and that goes in uh, direct opposite of what i feel like with with video games in general i've pared down i've gotten rid of my collections i don't have cases all, all over the walls and stuff like that like i used to um but I do like the fact that I could have a Mario action figure on my desk at work or on my work desk at home. Mm -hmm. And that, that means something to my games outside of just a toy, you know. Because sure. I already have those. It'd be
4: really cool if there was. <laughs> I mean, you don't always want to connect online to sync your data. Like you could just bring your Mario from home to work, and that you load that into Smash Brothers, and you yeah, get sure. your
1: records, and then you update it when, yeah, they, whenever you're online. That's really cool. He's, He's basically really
2: cool. a little flash drive. <clears throat> but if know? they're committing
1: to this idea, they need to commit to this idea. Like Pokemon Rumble U was a complete mistake, right? Because it was like, hey, well, you can buy the game digitally, but you don't really need the figures, and the figures are in blind boxes. It's like, and they only. Game stops and feed them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's all these weird like what ifs or it's just stuff that works better in Japan or plays better in Japan versus here. I will say though that I hope they aren't selling characters, and I hope they find a more unique way. I, I've I've had the theory that custom move sets will be able to move around because of figurines like this. Yeah. Maybe that's not it, but I just I don't want them to sell characters as DLC by these figures because I just feel like when you get to characters, that's super polarizing. People start mm-hmm. getting annoyed. People start going, "Well, what about my tournaments and all this other stuff?" Mm-hmm. There's weird DRM involved. There's always some sort of strange hook behind the scenes that a lot of people are trained to be afraid of and Mm -hmm. it's right to be. I think you're right. I don't think
4: it's going to unlock the character because they they also want to... They want to sell figurines for the most popular guys. It's going to be Mario and Link and Samus and everyone, right? And so knowing that, it's probably you're going to get a special item or a special something with it. Like, you know, it's got to be something that is not just the character. Yep.
1: yep. All right. So moving on. uh, But in related Smash news, there's going to be a GameCube-inspired Wii U controller in the works. Uh, So um, I guess manufacturer PDP which oh, yeah. stands for Performance Designed Products, uh, which actually they make these dinky little rock rock candy-like controllers, which I can't stand. But Scott uh, <laughs> but uh, Scott Lowe tells me they can make quality stuff. They're basically making a game pad. They're calling it the Wired Fight Pad, and it's licensed by Nintendo, um, <clears throat> and it works with both Wii and Wii U. But apparently, even though it's called the Wired Fight Pad – it plugs into the Wii Remote controller, which I think is Uh, not wired in my opinion. Like, that's just a weird... So I was talking to Scott Lowe about this, and he said, well, maybe that's Nintendo. Maybe that's how Nintendo... Nintendo can be difficult to work with for manufacturers, and maybe they they said, well, that's the only way this is going to happen. A lot of people are excited because they want a GameCube controller to play the new Smash Brothers. Yeah, totally. However... I don't want to plug it into I I don't Wii think remote.
4: it's Nintendo because Nintendo used to be really closed off like that. But when they actually put their stamp of approval on something, if it's really officially licensed, look at Logitech. Logitech's remotes will sync with the Wii U. Yeah, so sure. But I think it's different. I think this is cost cutting because you need yeah.
1: to you need see. need to not. Right? See, the counter to that, though, is that uh, do you remember um, there was a fighting game by Capcom that was only on Wii and it was called Tatsunoku versus Capcom? Yeah. And they made a fight, Capcom or Mad Cats made a fight stick for that and it did the same thing. Really? It plugged into a Wii Remote. So maybe it isn't. I, Mm. I wanted one. See, but but here's the thing:
2: when you told me this news, I was like, "Oh, cool." That's not a big deal for me. But then you were like, "You don't understand." professional Smash Brothers players need a wired controller because these guys they're like old football coaches they watch tapes they go frame by frame <laughs> like if something is off by a split second it throws off the yeah? entire match yeah. I don't think like that yeah. because I can beat every professional Smash Brothers <laughs> player in the world are going to start oh. that again? <laughs> yeah. you're going to send <laughs> threats to at Agent Bizzle on Twitter <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> continue have you come over and play him
2: no I did that a few weeks ago and actually <laughs> a bunch of professional Smash Brothers players came out of the woodwork and they're like alright well I'll be in the Bay Area soon I'll come whoop <laughs> your ass and I'm like oh, oh shit I'm on vacation. That year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But back to your point, you're absolutely right that that kind of
1: thinking, like whoever PDP thinks this is for, I don't think they're taking into consideration who this is really for. Mm -hmm. Maybe Nintendo is still designing their own. Is it wired or wireless? Um, I don't know. I know that Capcom and Mad Cats have made some pretty decent money making those high-quality fight sticks for, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Super Street Fighter, Marvel Capcoms, the the Soul Calibers and Tekkens of the world. I think this could be a product, but this doesn't seem like the right product.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well we'll see. My, I mean, yeah, I, I think you know, Nintendo is taking Smash Brothers more seriously as a competition game, as you've seen. Right? They they're allowing it at Evo. They will have the whole tournament at E3, and they're inviting some pro players, right? Um, which means maybe they maybe they're hearing the requests from those guys too, and they're gonna make a wired controller for it. We'll see. Okay. Sure. Right.
1: So okay. uh,
3: let's let's. I just don't need ca- it. I will not have I'll wires <coughs> running <coughs> I'll, I'll get beaten either
2: way. <laughs> Top Northcott says no. Thanks. It sounds like you're losing the Smash Brothers tournament right, then. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, these things so
3: are important. I would have won. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's just the why. Right? It's a meticulously organized living room thing, you know. It Otherwise, <laughs> number 1 Smash player in the world. All
1: right. So, uh, we're going to just take a quick question from the question block. So the question block is a bi-weekly segment that shows up on this podcast. Uh, it's inspired by or er, some really cool ideas from some friends over at One Up and basically you send us a question, and if it's good enough, we try to answer it. So uh, this one is multiple questions. I just want to boil down to the essential questions he's asking. And by the way, if you email us and send a question, don't send a barrage, don't send like five in a row that lead up to a big one, just get to the point the shorter, the better, uh, and the more thoughtful, the better, too. Because um, sometimes it's just like purchasing advice or things like that, and I don't know, I, I, I kind of buy? from that.
3: You could just mm. read IGN to find out that. Right? Yeah, yeah exactly. you could. And keep it um, locked.
1: All right, so this question comes from George taran And George says, okay, so with the advent of E3 uh, and word that the next Zelda game would be rele- would basically be revealed at E3, I have a few questions. First, do you think we'll see actual game footage? I'm just going to answer them as I go. Yes. Do you think this, uh, we will get a release date? No. Do you guys disagree? Th- they never announce a release date right away. Yeah. They always you know, give you a time period. Okay. So, yeah. uh, uh, no, you, I thought you had more to say. No. Do you think <laughs> that if there is no I release date, Nintendo will counter all the negativity by announcing a Zelda HD remake? Which leads to my real question of the week. Out of again, don't do that again, George. I swear. Uh, out of all Zelda games, two <laughs> D or the river. exactly not welcome. <laughs> out of all the Zelda games, two D or three D, which would you like to see remade for Wii U, and which would you would retain the original design or bring one of the two D back, etc. Like, what either two D or three D Zelda would you like to see remade for uh, the
4: Wii U? Yes. Okay, two D or three D Zelda. I'm ready for the Wii U. Go. Go. Ahead.
2: Link's Awakening. Boom. Why? For the original Game Boy and then the Game Boy Color, I want to see it remade as a 3D game, but not a 3D game like uh, Ocarina of Time or Wind Waker or something like that, but uh, sort of like Link Between Worlds. Like, keep... Keep it that big, and but put it on a console so I can play it on a giant television. Because I love that game, and it's still beautiful to go back and play, but there's, uh, it's held back by a lot of things. Like, the original Game Boy only had two buttons, so switching items on on that game, which you have to do constantly in a Zelda yeah, game, a means going to a menu and pulling something back on. Uh, Link's Awakening is my favorite video game of all time, and it's far and away my favorite Zelda game, so bring it back. That'd okay. be cool. But, I mean, we just
4: got Wind Waker. We mm-hmm. got an Ocarina remake. We uh, we got a link to the past kind of quasi remake, yeah. and so for me the next one to go to would definitely be Majora's Mask, uh, right? I kind of in my mind I know it's easy. gonna be on 3DS. That's but if you put it on Wii U and it could it could look so amazing. I mean that game like art style wise could be so freaky and dark and cool. I'd love that. And then the one after that I'd go to would be Zelda too because you would essentially get a completely new game. Yeah, You'd get something with that music. The music was awesome in that game, it was, right? Yeah. Like with uh, with actual like uh, experience points that build up, that'd be really cool to see that in a Zelda game so I'd love
3: that too yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, by the way that's not actually happening I just threw that out there because it's been a rumor forever that yeah. Majora's Mask is happening so eight, please don't take that eight sites just wrote up news is, stories is yeah. none
3: of the above a valid answer Can really yeah a new Zelda game yeah right? that's, uh, that's uh, totally a uh, valid God, answer right. that's of course just a new Zelda I, play, I don't want to go back and play those anymore every time okay. you go back and play another game it's not quite exactly what you remember mm-hmm. at least for me something mm-hmm. that I really love it's not what <laughs> I remember because you're 40
4: years older exactly
1: your hand's so up bigger. A new one.
3: And they're arthritic. And, <laughs>
1: well, I would... Uh, I, I think I'm going to... And I'm kind of stealing Colin's answer on this maybe a little, but I think I'd really like to see Zelda 2 remade. I feel like Zelda 2 was the most polarizing of the, of all the Zeldas, right? Because they went more RPG, action RPG, than they did just action-adventure. Mm-hmm. I love we like Zelda 2. talk II. about a lot. I love Zelda 2. Um, and I feel like that... I don't know if you necessarily keep the perspective the same. Um, yeah, it didn't have that like great that music. music. I love it had the music, cool music, but it didn't have a lot of music. It had, I mean, but then again, it's the 8-bit era where you yeah. didn't need like you know an entire soundtrack was maybe three songs. Yeah. The game
2: was hard like, as hell. That's the yeah, best you know, part about that game. is It, it has is, error. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: and and just because uh, it's better than Majora's you know,
2: mass garbage. <laughs>
1: Hey, you know what? That's going to get you kicked
2: off this All the podcast, best graphics man. in the world can't stop the fact that you Dude, most of Majora's Mask is, mask is playing amazing. the same crap over and over and over again. Like, that's oh the, point. Oh, the point. It's
1: Groundhog Day. Oh, it's the point. Whatever. It's, it's good. A moonfall
2: <laughs> on your your Groundhog Day talking about this game. Whatever. Being good. It's not. Mm. Ignore it, Mosey. That's fine. God.
1: Anyway, I think Zelda 2, it's, it's time. So maybe that's something to think about. I don't know if you keep the perspective or you just do it completely different and original, but that is what that you is. You got to
2: keep the perspective. No way. Different
1: mm-hmm.
4: game. Really? Yeah. Remake it like like a modern Zelda game in 3D. It'd be so cool. Zelda 2? Yeah. I
2: don't want to make a yeah. new game. I want to that's play another yeah, 3D So that's, game. A, that's just, at that point, you just make a new game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Instead of just playing the same game with better graphics? Come on. Okay. Change it. Give so me you that. want a 3D Zelda game that has like the down thrust and it
4: yeah, has like... So yeah, okay. and the music and the building up of experience points and the visiting... Visiting
2: uh, uh visiting. that. would be creepy as that. hell if you walk into some 3D room and there's a man with a beard standing there by himself and he's the only thing in the room sure. and he's like, okay. I'm Error. That would be I, I so I was going to cool. say the I'm Error thing. Too. Yeah, that would or be really nothing. creepy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wait, um, so you're, you're a Zelda 2 supporter versus the Legion of Haters of Zelda 2? Yeah, I think had I the, mean, di- look, in the...
4: In the series, it, it was... The, the reason why it pissed people off is because it was not more of the same, yeah. right? Like, they that's an example of Nintendo saying, hey, we're not sure which direction we want to go with the series. Let's try something new. And they made it more of an RPG and a side scroller at the same time, mm-hmm. and you can jump and all that kind of stuff. So... I thought thought that was really cool. Uh, Now, when you go back and you play these games, it's even better because you actually have some variety in a different game to play. But if you go back in time and you were waiting for a game just like Zelda 1 that came out, I can imagine you'd be like, hey, come on. I have Final Fantasy for this.
1: All right. So we have one more question. We're out of time on that one, but I just turned off the alarm. So uh, this <laughs> comes from Joseph Ferrer, uh, and he says, Hello, Cast. I'm a big fan of the podcast. Can't wait for every episode. Here's my question. It's no secret that a lot of people want a new Metroid. But time and time again, what? we've heard developers uh, that say they don't have plans to do one at all. First of all, to, to that point, I don't know if anyone's really said a new Metroid isn't happening. Just um, Retro has said, we're not telling you what we're working on. Yeah. There's a big difference there. Uh, but maybe he means prior examples. Anyway, <clears throat> so Nintendo's also in a tight spot with the Wii U. Big games like Mario 3D World and Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze struggled to boost sales. We all know that the Metroid series, as amazing as it is and how much praise it's gotten, has never sold as much as other Nintendo franchises. My question is, will putting a Metroid on Wii U help Nintendo or hurt them even more?
4: God, it will help, of course, you know. If you think about it, I mean, it depends on what it looks like, right? It, if, if it is a 2D side-scroller, even if it's beautiful, I don't think it will reach mass success. If it is a first-person shooter-looking game with great controls, Beautiful graphics, um, yeah. Of course, it's going to help because it will tell people who have written the Wii U off as another Wii. It, it will help them see that it is a powerful console and it sure. has games that they want to play, right? Yeah,
1: and it needs. It doesn't just need that. It needs a special new hook, something that mm-hmm. like hasn't been done yet, or it can't just be. Metroid Prime was special because, okay, yeah, it took Metroid and made it a 3D game, and that had never been done before. Mm-hmm. But you know, first-person shooters are so common right now, and that perspective is something that everyone is adapted to. Even the platforming aspects of it—that whatever the next Metroid is—it
2: needs a special something
3: that gets people talking. Does, doesn't everybody who cares about Metroid already have a Wii U?
2: Yeah, that's exactly. Like, you think it's so? not gonna yep. sell anymore I was going to say the exact same thing. It is completely preaching to the yeah. choir. But what and if it's gorgeous and people same- go like,
3: "Oh,
4: okay,"? I,
1: well, you that, can that get a really a
4: cool dual- sci-fi shoot because there hasn't been a Halo yet, you know, like on the Xbox One, for example. Sure. There
2: was a Titanfall. Yeah. There'll
4: you know, be Nightfall. there'll be
2: about twelve Halos. But Titanfall on Xbox is a competitive
4: game. online game. It's not a kind of a story-driven campaign-based game. Sure. Like if they showed off a a, a Metroid that looked as nice as the
2: last Halo, I think it would turn some heads. Don't it's, you think yeah. it would bring in some it's, new people? It's no, a, a new Metroid game would just be fan service to the people who are already there. Like that. It's it's when it's it'd be like a loyalty reward. Basically, yeah,
3: I, I don't think the people who bought the Wii that they want to try and bring back even mm-hmm. know what Metroid is. It's It'll it's be, like be it, a new franchise.
2: It, Metroid coming to Wii U is like if Amazon emailed me and they're like, "Hey, you've been you've loved us for so long. Here's ten bucks." That's what that is. No one's signing up for Amazon Prime because you might get ten bucks a couple. I don't years know. Later. I think I think that
1: uh, I mean I, I I kind of agree with both sides of this conversation, but I do think that. The influencers and the people who get excited about games when they see something like Metroid, and maybe they do own a Wii U, but they're also the people that are going to be talking about it and going to be telling their friends about it and saying, yo, this is serious business. Now, granted, though, Metroid Prime was a gorgeous game, and it sold well, but it didn't – I guess I just want to say it didn't really blow the door. It was one of the best-looking games of its time. In terms of the technology and the way it looked, but it didn't really blow the doors off sales-wise for the games that Retro has made. None yeah. of them were sales. I mean, none of them were sales failures,
4: right? Yeah. They all did well, but they were also first-person person shooters that launched in a crowded market. They were, you know, on the GameCube, it was very competitive. Visually, yep. it looked awesome, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. it was also a time where people already started talking about multiplayer games, right? Yep. And yeah. even though we didn't want a Metroid game as a golden-eye multiplayer experience. That is that is that one bullet point that first person shooter fans were looking for yeah. in the box right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's this weird, it also has this art style, I think, that's very, you know, if you're into Japanese animation and giant robots and all that, like, that game will definitely appeal to you. But if you're into World War II or Modern Warfare and that kind of stuff, it's different, right? Yeah.
1: So, uh, so When I, Modern I, Warfare I, took over, like, that whole current, like, look for, like, yeah. first-person shooters, that became the standard pretty but, much. But, I mean, Titanfall is a hit. It's not an
4: Xbox One seller, right? No. People are not rushing out, and and it hasn't propelled Xbox One into the number one position. You could argue that it's also out on 360 and PC, so mm-hmm. some of that wind was taken out it's of the split, yeah It's split, yeah. Um, I, I th-
2: you, to sell a first-person shooter nowadays, sadly, you need to be synonymous with some of the m- most incredible visual fidelity on mm-hmm. the market. That is where that audience is they want this insane robust online and they want the best looking stuff in the world and the Wii U can provide neither of those things add to the fact hey, that the latter hey, I don't agree with that at all wow well, like if you look right. at Mario Kart it looks pretty damn good don't you think? not no. for what a first-person shooter it's, it's fan right, wants right, to right, see right, right. no yeah. but
1: but okay but outside of that I mean it still boils down to let me turn this off it still boils down to art direction and it still boils down to like how well you, what is the new gameplay hook that's going to get people excited and I think that'll will help determine if the game is a success or not? I don't I'm, know. If I mean, I'm, I'm,
2: you know, you know, I'm, I'm playing like the devil's advocate here. Oh, of course. Yeah. But uh, yes, I will buy a Metroid game the moment it comes out, and I will buy a first-person Metroid game even quicker. But most first-person shooter fans do not want uh hyper stylized, no, yeah, you know, cartoony, right. yeah. or yeah. even like sci-fi futuristic thing. Sure, that, sure. But you no. Know,
1: but I don't think the power, like uh, the power argument, always rears its ugly head, right? In any, in any genre conversation we have when we bring up Wii U versus other platforms. But I still think that. The power difference, and someone will probably correct me for this or scream at me for it, but I don't think it's that huge, and I don't think it's that big of a factor. Whereas, what we it was, and we've talked about this before, we was ugly, we was last gen.
2: I, d- I do ways. think it's a factor. Yeah. I think it's the reason why we're not getting the new Batman game. But on what Wii is U. B-
1: what? Are, what are you seeing on Sony or Microsoft right now that is really pushing that that graphics particle envelope? effects, scope,
2: set pieces, things that like just cannot be done on that I level. I just without don't scaling find it effect. as overwhelming yeah. or as
1: amazing but, but as ma- I may have well, thought. Right,
2: because you're not you're not the predominant first person shooter audience oh, you play, what? what are you talking about I play Titanfall every weekend right but you play everything <laughs> else too yeah, try. you know you're not I one know. of those like if I only bought an Xbox one for Titanfall am I gonna buy a Wii U for Metroid Prime 4 Look, I mean, Arkham, the Arkham games are open world games. Yeah. And, you know,
4: mm-hmm. the moment you want to push a big open world with a lot of particle effects and a lot of stuff going on, that's a lot of memory usage. Yep. So, on top of everything. Whereas Metroid is still a corridor-confined game. You're not walking out onto a giant planet with lots mm-hmm. of people walking around. And, you know, it, it's not Watch Dogs. Yeah. By the way, Watch Dogs, that's going to be interesting to see how the Wii U version stacks up. if It, the, it won't.
1: If the Wii U version It will not stack out. up.
4: We'll, we'll see. It's coming, right? Right? Uh, yeah. And so that that that'll be interesting. But I'm I I face. do think Metroid <laughs> Nintendo's always been really good at creating games that play to their hardware strength. Sure. And like they do. Galaxy was a great example where the levels were smaller. And despite everything being low, low uh, standard death, it looked really gorgeous, right? Yeah, right. And like yeah. e- even if you just took
2: that game and raised it up, it would look really competitive. So what they need to do with this is they need to go in the complete opposite direction of everything th- that I'm saying of what a first-person shooter fan wants, and they have to look for a new group of people because if they they've tried making Metroid a online multiplayer competitive shooter, yeah, but that
1: wasn't retro. That was that was NST. There's there's more factors I think there than that. Metroid Prime Two had multiplayer, yeah, right? and that. Yeah. Was a mistake. Yeah, uh, it, was it was a huge mistake. mistake. Yeah.
2: Metroid Prime 3 yeah. had generic soldiers barking orders at you. Metroid Other M, which is the el- the ugly elephant in the room, which is the last time we saw this franchise, left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. I love Metroid. I want to see Metroid come back. Metroid will not move units, and people will not buy Metroid now if if, if they don't position it as something completely new. And so room. you know who's pissed at you right
1: now? What everyone. The baby
2: the baby the, the baby <laughs> exactly and the bottle ship and the, and, right. and some other babies <laughs> thank
1: god you didn't have to work on anything with other M you would have hated everything Todd I, I I kid you not oh well anyway let's not offend anyone else anymore so thank you very much for listening to IGN's uh, Nintendo Voice Chat we're here every week on Thursdays we post Pacific Time later in the day and uh, you know if you like the podcast head over to IGN.com we have a Dozens of features, videos, other podcasts for you to listen to. Todd is making product left and right. Uh, the new, uh, Made me sound painters. like a
2: drug dealer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yo, Todd is making product left and right.
3: Product. I will answer my door <laughs> when you ring the doorbell. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. And if something's broken on the site, you now know who to complain to. Uh, send and, and
2: and go to iTunes and write reviews for the show.
3: Yeah, that's please. That's our ranking. Todd, uh,
4: by the way, I heard the site is broken on the Wii U browser. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is that true? Uh-huh. Yep. Really? The uh, sidebar is overlaying the text. Uh, Todd's yes. fixing that.
2: Don't worry.
3: We are. We're on it. <laughs> Who, All right. uh, so, for the 12 people that use the <laughs> Wii U browser for on IGN, we've we got you covered. We'll right. Sorry. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Working so, uh, yeah, other
1: than that, really quickly, let's go around the room and say our Twitter handle. So, Todd, where can people find you at?
3: At uh, Tongholio.
1: Okay. I love How that. How did you name. get that
0: name? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get that name for years. God <laughs> damn di- <sighs> I could not
1: wait to hear Brian's reaction.
2: So I follow about Tom that. on Twitter. Really? I, yeah. I got to get on that. That's yeah. amazing. Right. Uh, I'm at Agent Bizzle because Tungholio is taken. Go <laughs> <laughs> follow me. I'm at, at Pear IGN because both Tungholio and Agent Bizzle <laughs> are taken.
1: And I am at Jose underscore Otero because it's my name and I wasn't an original when I came up with that. Thank you very much for listening and we will be back next week with a really cool topic that actually ties into the last question that you just heard for the question block. So make sure you come check us out.